37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Happy birthday, Kansas, and welcome to episode 130 of Pixelated Paranormal. That's right, today is January 29th, 2020, a.k.a. Kansas Day. Today is the day when Kansas officially celebrates its own birthday, and they've been observing it annually ever since 1877, which makes it about 143 years old. So on this episode, we thought we'd celebrate the Sunflower State's B-Day by talking about one of the most horrific serial murdering sprees in our state's history. No, we aren't talking about BTK. And no, we're not talking about the 1959 in-cold-blood killings of the Herbert Clutter family of Holcomb, Kansas, famously written by Truman Capote. No, we're going even further back than that. In fact, just a few years before, the state itself actually even celebrated its own birthday. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the infamous Bloody Benders. And you know what? I asked a bunch of people about this today. I'm like, hey, have you guys ever heard about the Bloody Benders? And not one fucking person knew what I was talking about. That's how <laughs> obscure this story is. That's so wild, because I read this story when I was in, like, middle school. I've never heard it. Yeah. That's so wild. Well, cool. Then you guys can kind of sit there along with me here and uh, and learn. And, again, uh, you guys already know, with me tonight is Preston and Steven both. Yeah. So we got the whole gang together. Well, I say we do things backwards on this episode. We'll start with the story and end with the news. So we're going to start with the meat and end with the taters. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I've got friends that do that. Do you guys know anybody who eats one thing at a time? Oh, like yeah. Like the entree, the meat, and then they systematically go one by one and eat like all their fries, then their meat. broccoli. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I start out, like when I go to McDonald's, I'll start out with the fries and eat all the fries first and then eat my mm -hmm. hamburger. Yeah, I eat, so I eat everything separate. Weird. I can't eat. I can't eat. Same way, like, I hate my food touching as well. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, I'm surprised you've never noticed that about me before. No, I did notice that. I just yeah. never think about it until <laughs> until, until the topic it. comes yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, it is so weird. So, like, that like, time we were in Topeka, and we're at that burger joint, that dollar store burger, me and Steve were, like, munching on the fries first, and nobody knew. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, uh, my dad, he is very big about, like, one thing in one hand, another in uh, the other food item in the other. He like if it's like a sandwich and chips, he has to have a chip in his hand. It has to have the sandwich in his hand. Or if it's like a burrito, he, uh, you know, like and it's like smothered burrito, he'll cut a piece of the burrito off and have a chip. <laughs> it's yeah, weird. you've mentioned that part it's before. So weird. How weird is that? Yeah, it's so weird. Everybody uh. has their eating their eating weirdness. Yeah, that's true. I knew a guy that was so savage in his ways that he would literally, like, we'd go to Burger King. He would eat all his fries, then eat all of his burger, and then, and only then, would he drink his pop. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sounds like or a gillum soda move. <laughs> for our, our weird friends that call it soda. Yeah, it was so weird. And he'd sit there and just chug the whole thing in a matter of, like, 30 seconds. Wait, is it gillum? 
No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> it's like this sounds like a Gillum move. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was just so weird. Like I, I love like I hate dry food. Like if I get a burger or something, then yeah. I have to have like extra sauce on it. Partly because you know I like to you know taste or what kind of sauce Corey is going and burgers. you're at the what the Fazoli's and you get eighty seven breadsticks. You're probably gonna need a drink with that. <laughs> right, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, enough about our strange eating habits. Let's go ahead and get into the Bloody Benders. So the Bloody Benders were a family of serial killers who lived and operated in Labette County, Kansas from 1871 through 1873. So only, I mean, just over two years that they were active. The family consisted of John Bender Sr., also known as William, (laughs) right? Also known as William, who was 60 years old and spoke very little English. People said that when he did speak, it was so guttural that it was almost unintelligible. Like them. So uh, we're going to imagine the guy from The Water Boy. Yeah. Boom, boom, bang, bang. Yep. His wife, Elvira Bender, who also allegedly spoke very little English as well, she was 55 years of age and so unfriendly that her neighbors in the area took to calling her the she-devil. Damn. Wow. (laughs) John Bender Jr., who was 25 years old when the whole thing went down, handsome with auburn hair and a mustache to boot, spoke very good English, but with a slight German accent. John was prone to laughing aimlessly, which gave him a bit of a reputation for being a half-wit. I think uh, Luna's giving commentary in the background. Did you hear her? My gosh, Luna, what are you doing, pal? (laughs) (laughs) She's trying to make a pile out of my sweatpants that I have on the floor back there. I don't mind it, but okay. Go ahead. (laughs) Luna, what are you doing? Silly puppy. People like dogs. I'll leave it in there. Yeah. And then Kate Bender who was around 23 years old, was cultivated and attractive and spoke very good English with little to no accent at all. A self-proclaimed healer and psychic, she distributed flyers advertising her supernatural powers and her ability to cure illnesses. That was such a big deal back in these days. (laughs) Everybody was trying to sell the next, oh, this is the elixir of youth. This is going to cure any disease, any illness. It's like... You snake yeah. oil bastards. <laughs> like Basically, I've... they were all carny folk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, man. Um, she would conduct seances and gave lectures on spiritualism, and for which she gained notoriety for advocating free love. Mm. Just everybody dipping in everybody else's ketchup. So the question is, how was this chick not burned at the stake before mm. all this shit went down if she was actively doing all this supernatural devil shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, that was so right, exactly. taboo back then. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we're talking about, you know, the late, late 1800s. Yeah. Well, put a pin in that getting burnt at the stake, and we might come back to that later. Cool. Kate's popularity became very large an attraction for the Benders Inn. Although the elder Benders kept themselves, Kate and her brother regularly attended Sunday school at the nearby Harmony Grove Church. Now, rumors around Kansas say that many of the Benders' neighbors claimed that John Jr. and Kate were not actually brother and sister, but instead they were actually a married couple only posing as siblings. Kentucky lucky? <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky lucky. Well, Preston, other people claimed that they were actually indeed siblings, but lovers all the same. 
The Benders were widely believed to be a German immigrant family who had come to Kansas seeking refuge from God knows what. There's no documentation or definitive proof of their relationships to one another or where they were born, where they came from, and so on. John Bender Sr. was from either Germany or the Netherlands and is thought to have actually been born a John Flickinger. According to newspaper articles, Elvira was actually born Elmira Hill Mark in the uh, Adirondack Mountains. She married a guy named Simon Mark, to whom she had supposedly had 12 different children with. Later, she married William Stephen Griffith. And it's also rumored that Elvira was a bit of a black widow. And supposedly, she murdered several of her previous husbands, though this was never actually proven. So probably more of that she-devil crap. She a black widow. <laughs> it's black widow, baby. <laughs> Kate was believed to be Elvira's fifth daughter, but not from John Sr., but actually a marriage predating. But amongst the bizarre rumors stacking up against the Bender family and their personal relationships, there was also something else beginning to pile up around them. An impressive number of dead bodies. In May of 1871, the body of a man named only Jones. What? Was... <laughs> yeah, just Jones. That's it. Hey, dead body Jones that, here. Ain't yeah. that Jones? Poor bastard <laughs> didn't even have a last name. <laughs> the body of a man known only as Jones was discovered in Drum Creek with the skull crushed and the throat cut. Oof. The owner of the Drum Creek claim was first suspected of the murder because it was his property, but no action was ever taken against him. In February of 1872, the bodies of two more men were found to have the same injuries as Jones. By 1873, reports of missing people had passed through the area and become so common that travelers began actively avoiding that specific trail. Like, we, uh, I just watched a movie this past, this past week over Brady's called Bone Tomahawk. Incredible mm -hmm. movie. Uh, and it's about like these older days, like the late 1800s and shit. Um, and people are like, oh, it'd be so cool to live in the Wild West. Hell no. Mm -mm. Like what's so crazy about this, though, is that all these people, some people are showing up with the same injuries, the throat cut, skull bashed yep. in, mm -hmm. which back in the, back in these days, like you'd, you'd see people get shot out in the street over a spilt beer or a dice <laughs> game. You, yeah, you know spitting I mean? in front of a lady. So, like, if you see somebody just die, if you see somebody got got hand, like brutally murdered like that, and then it starts showing up, like some, I mean, I wonder how many bodies had to show up before they started being like, hmm, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. like you just, there's so many people death. Like every day you wake up, you might go out and get shot because right. you looked at somebody wrong or something. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. before, like law was setting in. Like it's so crazy to think that. <laughs> it was and you know what i would never want to live back in the old cowboy days i hate westerns i love them and back in those days everybody had a dry cough and a drip dick <laughs> you know they all yeah. had some kind of respiratory infection and the clap yeah and it's no it, but like i don't it's that it's that era time time period the era that that all that's in is so interesting to me because um there's just so many things happening. Mm -hmm. The, you know, the uh, railroad being built, the the idea of going out 
west and getting rich by gold you know like <laughs> on the new frontier yeah. yeah and then but in order to get to that you had to brave the elements and the natives uh you yeah know, the native americans true. and with that because of native americans and like their culture and their religious and spiritual beliefs like some of them you know they really believed in some of this stuff you know mm-hmm. that's, sure, that's, that's, sure that's their faith and with that like i mean there's some of the i mean we've talked about on the show before the native american uh lore and um you know spiritual stuff and aliens and stuff like that i don't know it's oh, just yeah. it it's just crazy that the old 1800s it just it's just an impressive time man there's so much change going on and the fact that something like this can happen back then is just mm-hmm. insane to me because it would be right. so hard to catch somebody that was doing this stuff because like that guy the the guy that had the property you know, like yeah, he yeah. was like, right, oh, right, you might yeah. be guilty. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know, they were just getting law and courts and lawyers and, you know, that, that all that stuff was building and spreading throughout the country at such a fast rate. Right. But before that, it was like, oh, bodies found in his lawn. We need to hang him. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, pretty much that's yeah, that's essentially the way it went down. But anyways, side tangent. No, you're fine. Well, speaking of killing Stephen, not killing you, but, you know, uh, hanging, uh-huh. let's talk about exactly what the Benders were up to, shall we? The Benders' property doubled as an inn, like I mentioned before, that they would rent out to weary travelers where people passing by could get a hot meal and a place to sleep. And also, Kate practiced her mysticism and psychic readings out of the house as well. But not all the guests that checked into the Benders' bloody bed and breakfast and Mystic Wonders could check out. It's called the Haberdashery. I just want to set the record straight right there. Is, <laughs> is that a, really what you call that, a haberdashery? Yes, it is the Bender's Haberdashery, okay? Oh, wow. I love that word, too. Because right. in the Wild West, you could it's almost like a storefront because they could get a meal. They could stock up on like grain for the horses. They could uh-huh, get gunpowder. Uh-huh. So that's that's a haberdashery. I see. So, yeah, because they did run a general store out of the front of the house yeah, as well. Yeah. So you are correct. So like what's crazy, though, is that like, why would, uh, you know, back in these days, you know, you see, oh, there's a place I could stay the night. But then the same place you're it's attached to this mysticism stuff. Yeah. Like, wasn't that looked at? I mean, this is Kansas. You know, they're running around. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, we like, still try to hang people. For, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, different it's just, beliefs. <laughs> it just seems like. Why the, why the hell did you guys get yourselves in that situation? Like, like Yeah, Kansas, don't ever change. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, don't worry, we won't for 133 yeah, years. Yeah. It's <laughs> slow, it's slow, but... That's true. Hopefully one day things will get better here. <laughs> All right, well, go on. Get, when guests would stay at the Bender's Bed and Breakfast Inn, the Bender's would give the guests the seat of honor at the head of the table come dinner time which happened to be positioned over a trap door that led straight down into the cellar. <laughs> Sweetie Todd shit. Right. When the guest, or we'll call them the victim here, would have their back to the curtain sitting at the head of the table, John Bender, senior or junior, would come from behind the curtain and strike the guest on the right side of the skull with a great big mallet. Because as they sat there, you know, John, the, the Bender boys, would disappear and then Kate would start distracting them by deep conversation or even flirting with them or, you know, maybe loosening a couple buttons on the top of her blouse. And then blammo, 
on the side of the head, just like in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they'd catch one to the temple. Mm. And then either Elvira or Kate would come over with a knife and slit the poor person's throat, and they would bleed out, and then the trap door would release. I'm sorry, the trap door would release, and the body would then fall straight down into the basement. Once it was in the cellar, the body would be stripped down and later buried somewhere on the property, oftentimes amongst the trees in their orchard. Now, although some of the victims had been quite wealthy, quite a few of them really carried little to no valuable items at all, so it is believed by many scholars and researchers the benders had just been killing passers-by for the sheer thrill of it. Although they did take a lot of joy in robbing the corpses of anything valuable. Yeah. But that was probably the secondary. Right. The secondary yeah. Probably. Need. I mean, it reminds me of the setup of that Texas Chainsaw Massacre part two. You yeah. know, when the, yeah. they're sitting there trying to hit that girl in the back of the head with the mallet and yeah. grandpa keeps dropping the damn mallet. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> but oddly enough, some people were lucky enough to survive by means of escape. One traveler named William Pickering said that while staying at the Bender's Inn, when dinner time came, he had refused to sit near the wagon cloth rug because of the dark red stains on it. <laughs> they didn't even change the damn carpet. Right. Now, wait a second. What is that, blood? <laughs> so then he was immediately threatened by knife by Kate Bender, whereupon he just said, fuck this shit, and fled the premises. Then a Catholic priest visiting the house for a quick place to stay had claimed that he had noticed one of the Bendermen concealing a large hammer at which point he quickly excused himself and departed the premise as well. Imagine like one of the Bendermen, they're like, they're like, oh man, we got a priest. This is going to be insane. We've never had a priest. <laughs> and then yep. they mess up. They're like, oh, he, damn it. He's seen the mallet. He got the wrong angle. <laughs> the guy takes a drink of his moonshine and then thud. Yeah. A great big acme sized mallet falls out from his pant leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, two other men had traveled to the inn to experience Kate Bender's psychic powers. While staying for dinner, they had refused to sit at the table next to the cloth. Instead, they preferred to eat their meal at the main shop's counter. Kate became very abusive towards the men, and a short while later, the two Bender boys emerged from behind the cloth. At this point, those two customers began to feel pretty uneasy with what was going on and decided instantly they should move almost certainly saving their lives. Whoa. And a fun fact here is that more than a dozen bullet holes were found in the roof and sides of the cabin, so it is speculated that some of the victims had tried to attack back after being hit by the hammer. Yeah. But of course, being you know dazed and confused, they just shot their gun off like Yosemite Sam, probably. All in all, the benders are believed to have killed 20 people or more because they were able to basically, you know... Reclaimed 20 different bodies, but they said there were more unidentifiable parts found throughout the property. So arms, legs, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, they definitely way right. more. Hell, they way more. They probably, at first, they probably like got like the high from the kill. And then they were uh -huh. like, oh, shit, we got to get rid of this. So they probably dismembered. And then, oh, sure. then they got lazy. They were like, what do we need to? like?" Or they just you know, ran out of room or some shit. Right. You know, the exactly. animals tear stuff apart. Like, mm -hmm. Sure, yeah, crazy. yeah. Pigs, any, anything like that. Yep. So, you know, a lot of historians believe the victim count may have been much, much higher. Mm -hmm. 
And because it's Kansas and it's the late 1800s, racism always had to rear its ugly head back then. And a lot of the victims of the Benders were originally lumped into the supposed violence of the nearby Osage Indian tribes. Wow. You know, because people were being yeah. said to have gone missing. And the last time I seen them, they was over there at the Benders. And then the Benders could be like, well, you know what? We haven't seen them, but we heard a lot of, you know, Indians making a commotion down the way as soon as they left. Oh, God. <laughs> That's messed up. So, so for, I mean, imagine for two years, you're just whacking people yeah. left and right. So in the winter of 1872, George Newton Longcore and his infant daughter Marianne had left Independence, Kansas to resettle in Iowa, but were never seen again. Later in the spring of 1873, Longcore's former neighbor, Dr. William Henry York, went looking for them, knowing their exact route, and came to question the homesteaders along the trail. Dr. York reached Fort Scott and on March 9th, he began to return the journey back to Independence, but he never arrived home either. The nice thing, though, is Dr. York had a no-nonsense set of brothers who both knew William's travel plans, and when he failed to return home, an all-out search began for the missing doctor. His brother, Colonel York, leading a company of some 50 men, marked their way down the trail, questioning every traveler and homestead along the way. That's so impressive. Isn't it? Like that much. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like several years of almost like, and then finally, like, they're going to take an army out. That's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, what's crazy too is, uh, you know, the York brothers, they were some pretty serious dudes. They would go battle senators. They were basically exposing, you know, briberies and, you know, dirty money and shit like that. So these were some, some serious dudes that were like, you know what? Our brother's missing. There's some tomfuckery going on. We're going to figure out what's going down. That's interesting. So on March 28, 1873, Colonel York arrived at the Benders Inn with a Mr. Johansson, and they explained to them that his brother had gone missing and asked if they had seen him. They admitted that Dr. York did stay with them and suggested that the possibility had arisen that he had run into some trouble with the local Indians. It's the them engines excuse. again. Yeah, the old Indian right? excuse. <laughs> So a week later, on April 3rd, Colonel York returned to the inn with armed men after being informed that recently a woman had been seen fleeing the inn late at night after she claims to have been threatened with knives by Elvira Bender, and then they claimed that the Benders and possibly their neighbors named the Roach family (laughs) had been... Yeah, the Roaches. Yeah, like like my friend Shayla and Zach. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. They were responsible for the disappearance of all these weary travelers. Now, because can you imagine being the neighbor to these people and you're being accused of this <laughs> shit, and then finally comes the up? Fuck? Oh yeah, because you know they I mean, borrowed one cup of sugar, and yeah. I might add, they never brought it back. Well, I mean, it happens. <laughs> it happens now with social media. Could you imagine back then? You know, yeah, you get questioned about being this, and everybody automatically assumes that you're the one. Oh right. God. Well, it's just like that episode of Twilight Zone. The monsters are due on Maple Street. Mm -hmm. You know, like, just all the blaming. Yep. So, speaking of blaming, because of the previously mentioned racism, there were mixed responses to whether or not the Benders were actually a bunch of murderers or they were completely innocent. So, a meeting was arranged by the Osage Township at the Harmony Grove Schoolhouse. 
The meeting was attended by 75 locals, including Colonel York and both John Bender Sr. and John Bender Jr. After discussing the disappearances, including that of Dr. William York, it was agreed that a search warrant would be obtained to search every homestead between Big Hill Creek, Kansas, and Drum Creek. Ah, fuck. (laughs) You're right. So despite... York's strong suspicions regarding the Benders since his first visit several weeks earlier, no one had been assigned to watch the Bender family farm during all these trials and township meetings. So no one noticed that after several days, the Benders had disappeared. So three days after the township meeting, Billy Toll was driving cattle past the Bender property when he noticed that the inn had been abandoned and all the farm animals were looking unfed. Toll reported the fact to the township trustee, but because of inclement weather, several days had lapsed afterwards before abandonment could have been investigated, giving the Benders a potential, you know... Three-day lead. Exactly, exactly. So the township... Sorry, pardon me. The township trustee called for volunteers and several hundred turned up out to form a search posse. That included Colonel York yet again, because the guy just doesn't fucking quit. When the party arrived at the end, they found the cabin empty of food, clothing, and any personal effects. But what they did find was a severely bad odor. And they noticed the smell and traced it back to the strange trap door underneath a wagon rug. Underneath the bed, Evil Dead nailed shit. shut. So they moved things around. So let me let me rephrase what happened here. The benders actually took and put the cloth down over the trap door and then put a bed on top of the rug. So they discovered a trap door underneath the bed nailed shut. After opening the trap door, the empty room beneath was a six-foot deep, seven-foot square, three-foot square at the bottom. So it's kind of shaped more like an, you know, an uh, a triangle, basically, uh, was found to have had clotted blood all over the floor. The stone slab floor was broken up with sledgehammers, but no bodies could have been found, suggesting that they must have moved every victim. But what they could still find was caked blood and a smell of death. Wow. The blood actually had soaked into the soil and stained the actual ground underneath. Holy shit. The men then physically lifted the cabin and moved it to the side so they could dig underneath, but no bodies were ever found underneath the house. They began to probe the ground around the cabin for metal. I'm sorry. They began to probe the ground around the cabin with a metal rod, especially in the disturbed soil of the vegetable garden belonging to the benders, and also in the orchard where Dr. York's body was found later that evening, buried face down with his beat with his beats, with his beats in his pockets, <laughs> with his feet barely below the surface of the soil. The probing continued until midnight with another nine suspected grave sites marked before the men were satisfied they had found all of them. They then retired for the night. Digging resumed the following morning where another eight bodies were found, seven of the nine, sorry, another eight bodies were found in seven of the nine suspected graves while one was found in the well, along with a number of body parts. All but one had their heads bashed in with a hammer and the throats cut, and it was reported in newspapers that all had been indecently mutilated, meaning most likely butt stuff. 
and genital mutilation. Yeah, this is the body of a young wire. girl had also been found with no injuries sufficient to cause death. It had been speculated that she had been strangled or potentially just buried alive. But whatever became of the bloody benders is pretty muddy. Some say they escaped and were never seen again, mainly by means of relocating to Kansas City, Missouri. While other groups of vigilantes claimed to have tracked the family down and murdered them themselves in cold blood. There were reports of gunfights, hangings, and even in one case where the whole family had been gunned down except for Kate, who was tied to a stake and burned alive. But oddly mm. enough, all these reports of vigilantes and outlaw posses killing the Bender family, nobody ever stepped forward to claim a very public $3,000 reward for the proof of their deaths, which is right around $64,000 in 2020 money. That's crazy. So, but I don't know. I just don't buy them disappearing and never killing again. I mean, they were so addicted to that shit. You know, but then yeah. again, this is the Wild West. New frontier. I mean, you <laughs> so, know, they can go anywhere and same thing. Years go by before right. they find it, and then they just go to a new place. Sean, are yep. you going to talk about the guy that is from Wisconsin? Is that in your notes at all? No, sir. This is where I would turn it over to you for okay. any additional info and fun yeah. factoids. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a couple other um, stuff that I found today because I looked up from several different websites. So there was, like at that time, there were a bunch of mother-daughter um, couples that were arrested, um, like in the Kansas City area, that were actually brought back to that town that had some shady past. And um, most of the townspeople said, oh, no, that's, that's them. But when it went to trial, there wasn't enough evidence to actually link them to being that identity. So the court oh, wow. at the time threw it out. And um, there were other reports that they split up. So the mom and the dad took the train to the Kansas City area. The husband, wife, brother, sister, lo lover duo made their way down to the Texan-Mexican border uh, because that was outlaw territory. Uh -huh. And then they just kind of lost all track with them after that. Now, there was a guy who in Minnesota killed people in a very similar manner of hitting them in the head with a hammer and slicing their throats. Um, he ended up huh. being cornered and killed, and uh, it, it, it kind of popped up in a newspaper article at the time, like uh, that, uh, you know, by Telegraph. Doo -doo 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 -doo. And they said, oh, my God, this <laughs> must be that Bender guy. So by the time somebody from the town got up there, the body was so badly decomposed. They're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, fucking could be him. Uh, we're not mm -hmm. sure. Um, so that kind of left to that era of mystery of, yeah, maybe we did catch him. Maybe we didn't. Right. There was also a skull they believed belonged to uh, the eldest Bender boy, uh, John Bender Sr., yeah. that had been displayed in a local tavern, and it had a big sign up that said Papa Bender yeah. next to it. And then um, I can't remember the article, the details either. It said that when um, the colonel showed up and they started to investigate the town members to try to figure out what was going on, the benders had blamed the roaches. And so um, they were trying to get information out of them. So they basically <laughs> took the elder roach guy, hung him. And as he's like strangling at the tree and he's about to die, they cut him down. You know, they wake him back up and they're like, all right. 
fucking tell us what happened. And he's like, dude, I don't know anything. <laughs> so then they're like, all right, hang him back up. So they hung him again. Wow. And then right as he's about to die, they chop him down. They're like, all right, motherfucker, tell us. And he's like, dude, I don't know. So then they hung him a third time and then killed him. Because he's like, well, he ain't going to tell us what happened. Fuck him. Jeez. That's fucking sad. Martial law. Yeah. yeah. God, Crazy. I should have been a cowboy. Should have been a cowboy. Should have been a cowboy. <laughs> um, but then I found a uh, an article that uh, talked about how that uh, a farmer had bought the property. His family had brought it, bought it back in like the 1950s, and they had farmed it all the way up until recently. Um, and so a, a group of ghost hunters had contacted them to investigate the property to see if they could come up with anything. And he kind of laughed at it because he was like, yeah, I don't fucking believe in ghosts. But he said that him and his wife were always really nervous about plowing that land and using the combine because uh, the, the, the original prop- property was 160 acres, but the mm-hmm. son bought a small property, like maybe like 10 acres adjacent to it, but they never did anything on it. So he's like, this whole entire time, oh. we could be plowing the land. And because of like, you know, they had let's say 200 missing cases from that time period. They're like half of those bodies could be buried because the, mm-hmm. all the graves were about seven feet. So they could have uh, buried the bodies on the son's property. And now they're using that as farmland. They could be digging up these skeletons. So he's like in the back of our mind, we were always really nervous about finding human remains on this property. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, let me tell you a quick little joke here. Um, there's, there's a guy and his grandpa, and the guy's about 18 years old. Grandpa's like in his late 70s, almost 80 years old, right? And the 18-year-old grandson takes a lot of pride in helping his father every summer so, uh, you know, dig up the land so they can plant the potatoes. Oh, well, one, day the grands- <laughs> one day the grandson gets caught and arrested for drugs, and his grandpa's heartbroken. You know, so they spend the next several months writing back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, the son, the grandson says, I'm really sorry, you know, I just like to get high once in a while. I was selling the drugs to make some extra money. But beyond all that, I just, I'm so, you know, guilt-stricken that I can't be there to help you out with digging up the potatoes. But as a way to say I'm sorry, I guess I'll confess and I'll tell the sheriff's department where I buried all ten of the bodies. And the grandpa's like, holy shit, ten bodies, what are you talking about? Well, of course, the sheriff read the letter as well, so he runs over to the grandson's jail cell and says, What the hell do you mean, ten bodies? He says, Well, out on granddad's land, I killed and buried ten dead bodies between these four fence posts. So the sheriff's department comes out there, and they just rip that ground apart, digging up holes, disturbing the soil, tilling the land. They finally come back to the jail cell, and they say, Now, damn it, we didn't find a single dead body on your grandpa's property. The grandson started laughing and says, well, yeah, I didn't kill anybody, but y'all did my grandpa a favor. You just done dug up all the ground so he can go plant all those potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, the reason why I wanted to talk about the news. That's a dad joke. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The reason why I wanted to talk about the news at the end is what kind of started this whole thing about talking about the bloody benders is just a couple days ago, all over the news, I got this from the Hayes Post. Local Kansas cropland in Montgomery and Labette counties that was once the crime scene of the serial slayings from the 1970s family, the Benders, 
will now be up for a local auction. The 162-acre tract where the Bender family had killed at least 11 people will be sold off to the highest bidder by an Indiana-based auction company next month. Accounts say the family of four, who had came to be known as the Bloody Benders, would lure travelers into their home, inviting them in for a hot meal and a place to rest. Once seated at the dinner table, instead of hospitality, the travelers would get their throat slit or head bashed in and their bodies tossed into a cellar until they were able to be hauled out and buried at night. When people became suspicious of the missing travelers, the Bender family fled, blah, blah, blah. And then they go on to say, Properties like this aren't offered to the public very often. It might be an opportunity that only comes up once every hundred years. The auction of the Bender family property is said to begin on, I'm sorry, is, uh, is scheduled to be held on February 11th and is open to the public. You know who's going to buy this shit. Who's that? Come on. There's going to be a demon on it. Fucking that Baggins dude or Baggins, whatever his name is. <laughs> You Dude, don't know, maybe Nicholas Cage is going to buy it. Yeah, 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 yeah or him know. too, yeah. Or maybe that uh, family in El Dorado that owns McDonald's is going to buy it. You know, <laughs> 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 yeah, that's good. Uh, maybe Elijah yeah. Wood. He, he's all Hell yeah. He's got an actual uh, company that he's getting into paranormal shit with. Pretty cool. Oh, is he really? That's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, and, and horror in general. But yeah, it's, it'd be pretty interesting. I mean, you could definitely build a bed and breakfast on that, on that property and make mm-hmm. it an event and people would travel for that shit. Oh dude. Yeah. Like on the dark tourist on Netflix, yeah. they talk about that all the time. Oh, trying yeah. to, you know, people going on these serial killer, uh, vacation. I destinations met, and I stuff met, like that. I met some of them people. Did I tell you, did I tell you about that on the yeah, show? Yeah. You talked about it on the show. Yeah. yeah they were uh, here looking for uh, the BTK house. Yeah. I was like, what they like had a shirt on and shit. They were like, we, mm-hmm. they have a fanny pack. I was like, this is crazy. So cool though. <laughs> Fuck it. Man, well, the last little bit about the Bloody Benders is a little tie-in with a well-known recent video game, Steve, called Red Dead Redemption Part Two. Indeed. So during the game, apparently players can stumble upon a side mission at the Aberdeen Pig Farm. The farm is marked on your map, located southeast of Emerald Ranch. You have to approach the front porch to initiate the mission, where a large man named Bray Aberdeen comes out on the front porch and asks you to have dinner with him and Tammy, a woman who appears to be his wife. Now, once you go inside, you need to check on Tammy upstairs before dinner starts. Then at dinner, it's pretty clear that Bray and Tammy are actually brother and sister, and all gets kind of creepy. After you eat dinner, you're offered a drink from the Aberdeen family recipe. It's a strong drink, the screen turns hazy, and you awaken in a mass grave near the farm. Yeah. In which you can either turn tail and run, or go back in and murder the killer couple. Yeah, there's several there's several missions like that in the game, mm-hmm. and the way the side quests work on Red Dead Two is that it's all um, randomized. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you'll be like riding your horse, and then you'll see like a little thing on the mini map pop up with like a white dot, and it'll be like, hey over here, over here, and then you go over there and something happens. Um, right, right. This one, ha- the, I did see this one, and that that was pretty that was pretty badass. When you wake, yeah. and doesn't it take place in Kansas on your map? I don't know about that. I mean, I read some sources saying it took place in Kansas, but I don't. I haven't played the game enough to know if your map covers Kansas or not. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to read that map and like, and like know what it is. 
geographically to what you know United States was yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know any of that shit. But when you when you awake near the the uh, mass grave, I didn't. I couldn't remember where that house was at, so mm-hmm. I didn't go back there. But there is another side quest that happened to me, or one of them random events. Uh, something something very similar. You're riding your horse by. It's when you're in the marshland, uh, kind of like in like the Louisiana type area. You're riding your horse, and it's like wah, 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 going, going, going. This guy flags you down. He says, "Hey, hey, come in here." He's like, "I." Uh, he's like. Um, my furnace, my stove or my furnace or something tipped over and I need help getting it back up or it's going to catch my place on fire. Mm-hmm. So, and then you're like, oh, okay, hold on. So Arthur gets off his horse, goes inside, goes inside the cabin and Arthur walks in. He's like, oh, this one over here. And he like, he, and then the, the guy uh, shuts the door and he's like, ha He's like, there ain't no furnace boy. And then he like fucking hits him over the head with, you know, a oh, shotgun or something like that. And, um, the screen goes hazy, whatever. But at that point, you start hearing noises from the suspect saying, like, um, basically insinuating that he's that he's raping Arthur. I'm Finson's the fuck. Yeah. And and it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then the next day, like the time passes, you wake up next to this tree and your hat's on the ground and like you lost some money and some items. But I knew where that house was at. And because I, because I, before the little uh, side quest, that I was like, oh, I don't want to mess this one up. I want to see where this house is in case something crazy happens. So I went back there, and it was pretty. It was pretty far away. I went back to the house, and then uh-huh. the guy's like, oh, uh, uh, I don't know what came over me, or or something like this. Oh, no. He's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you, or whatever. He's like, I thought you were into it. Like it was crazy. It was crazy. I was like, this is nuts. So yeah, crap, there's all man. kinds of stuff like that in the game. And and not only yeah. that, but like sometimes like if you're playing and you don't have side missions like that, if you miss them, then when you go back at another part in the game, that person might not even be there. They might have, you know, went on with their frontier. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy the amount of detail in that game. Right. And I don't want to talk, you know, spend too much time talking about video games, but I want to mention about that one as well. I talked to a few people who would go up on like, you know, the cliff faces and at the top of like mountains and stuff Mm -hmm. and find a lot of like really interesting like cave paintings and symbols carved into rocks. And people were saying that there were, you know, strange lights streaking across the sky. And one guy online mentioned something about if you activate a certain number of those things in order, like a UFO Mm -hmm. would appear and stuff. Yeah, it was like a cabin. it's like a cabin and and it's got some kind of like a paper or something that tells you to come back here at this certain time and yeah. go up here do this this and then when you get back to that cabin like a big bright light does come in there the the house shakes but as soon as you go outside to check out what it is it just goes away and it's like that's fucking tight <laughs> but yeah there's like that's there's neat. a lot of that stuff like they just they wanted to create such a huge realistic world of the wild west like and yeah. you know, early said like it's so crazy to watch to <clears throat> like you said, like when you're just riding about around a mountain and you'll come across this like gorge and there'll be like just all these old Native American, you know, uh, uh, murals and paintings on there. And, you know, it's like, that's so fucking cool. The amount of detail of that stuff. But there's right. lots of paranormal stuff in, in the Red Dead and like uh, paranormal and like uh, true crime stuff. Like there's a serial killer that's actively in the game and it's pretty tight. Yeah, I read about that too, and then I thought, you know what? I gotta quit reading about Red Dead. I gotta get back to the bloody benders. Yeah, right. <laughs>
Well, up next, speaking of pig farms, we're going to go over to a news article that I actually just read today, but it was written back in December on the 23rd, 2019. Drones flying over pig farms in China might be dropping the affected African swine flu on uh, grain supplies. One of China's biggest animal feed producers said it had to use radio transmitters to combat crooks using drones to drop pork products contaminated with African swine fever on its pig farms as part of a racket to profit from health uh, from the recent health scare. Mm. Back in July, China's agriculture ministry said criminal gangs were starting to fake outbreaks of swine fever on farms and forcing farmers to then sell healthy pigs at a sharply lower price. And on Thursday, a state-backed news website called The Paper reported that a pig farming unit in Beijing had run foul of the regional's aviation authority as they used a transmitter to disrupt the GPS signal of their area. Answering questions from investigators on an interactive platform run by the Shenzhen Stock Exchange, the company conformed, confirmed Friday that its pig farming unit in, uh, I can't even begin to pronounce that, Heilongjiang province had unwittingly violated civil aviation rules. Our unit in Heilongjiang province to prevent external people from using drones to drop pork with African swine fever virus violated regulations by using a drone control equipment set. We broke related radio regulations although that was unintentional. Later ad- later they added that it had, hang on a second, adding that it had surrendered the equipment to authorities and was willing to accept any penalty. The company has a herd of 14,000 sows at its three farms and one breeding farm in Heilongjiang. The farms in, the word I can't pronounce, <laughs> were operating safely and security would have, uh, hang on a second, Okay, yeah, and security would be stepped up. China is the world's top producer and consumer of pork, and it has seen a pig herd shrink by 40% compared to a year ago, the Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs said that week. Rising pork prices were a factor behind inflation acceleration to its fastest pace in among eight years in November. So that shit right there is insane. Yeah, you're having rival pork companies and gangs tainting your meat and your feed with African swine fever. Unbelievable. That's what we've come to. And I mean that. Okay, so that there's not much discussion there, but it springboards us into perhaps a discussion that we will probably have to spill over to another episode. And we are no, no way experts on this. So it's just, you know, three guys just chatting here. So excuse the pun, but in other viral news, we got to talk about this coronavirus a little bit. And uh, it's it's actually hit Kansas, being a Kansas episode. I thought I'd mention it's potentially hit Kansas, that's mm-hmm. what I should say. A hospital patient in Lawrence, Kansas, who recently traveled to Wuhan, China, is being tested and treated for a new strain of the coronavirus. The patient who has respiratory symptoms is in isolation in a room specifically designed for infection prevention, according to a statement from LMH Health. George Dipenbrock, a spokesman for the Lawrence Douglas County Health Department, said, 
obviously, we want to be cautious, and we're taking it very serious. The patient is not seriously ill right now. And as of today's recording, more than 100 people have died from the respiratory illness caused by the virus in China, where at least 4,600 cases have been reported. Now, when it comes to like this type, this type of thing, like it's no secret that China has had like a lot of problems with you know viruses and viral shit because there's so many mm-hmm. people. They have like wet markets where they just kill these animals, you know, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But not only that, but like their government is very, very crazy. And they oh yeah, they control, I mean it's, yeah, it's very control, control, very control. different than the U.S. Yeah, and yeah. and it's so scary to think that 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 this stuff is happening. And when this virus first started taking lives and more, it started spreading, spreading, spreading. I mean, there's there's these videos on Reddit of of doctors that are actively trying to combat this virus, pleading and crying. Mm-hmm to health officials on the phone and saying like you need to you need to lock it down you're like it's going to get mm-hmm. out of hand and then after all that happened like literally it was it was within a couple days it was like oh it's in seattle or it's it, it's in washington oh yeah. it's in like it was on the other side of, it was on the other side of the, the country arizona it, it, something, it was on the i think it was on the east coast somewhere and then yeah just the other day, there was like possible one in Oklahoma, and then now in Kansas. And but now, when it comes to like for me, this scares the shit out of me because viral viral stuff like this, like infections and like you know just viruses, is just fucking terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. But when I looked on Reddit today, you know, because they've had you know so many, so many. Um, Things go up. Okay, here we go. Uh, Japan and Germany confirm patients that they have there uh, who caught uh, coronavirus did not visit China. So they haven't visited China. Mm-hmm. Right. And like we said, we were going to tie this into possibly, the, po- hopefully, the next episode. But there's so yeah. much of this stuff with the drones happening here in America where there was like big drones, six foot long wingspans being flying and or flown mm-hmm. in unison and like just weird shit like so weird and like all this stuff happening and then then like i don't know it's just you had the you had the riots in china now this is happening it's almost Mm -hmm. like if you want to get like crazy conspiracy thing i could just see like china doing this starting this doing all this sure yeah because put your your tinfoil hats on everybody because it does it does make you think but it makes you sound like a bit of a kook as well like imagine imagine like when all this stuff with china is happening right and like all these all these riots and protests and when you get on the internet which in china the internet is everything it's, oh, heavily censored. It's throttled, yeah. and it's bra- it's basically government run. Yeah. Correct. So, China looks like the biggest bully, the biggest fool to the entire. Well, <laughs> we won't get into that. One of the one of the biggest fools, one of the biggest bullies in the world, and then because of that, they get pissed. They're like the fucking internet. Look, look at all the shit they're posting about us. Okay, well, we're gonna show the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like it's like, oh. Well, and furthermore, you know, like I said earlier, we're not experts. It's just stuff we've read online. Uh, which which is the which is the bad Korea? North Korea, right? Yeah, North. Yeah. 
so apparently this, if you read different articles, it says this virus is spread out farther than just China. It's running pretty rampant throughout Asia. Yeah. Except it seems to not really be reported out of North Korea. And then if you look back, there were warnings and there were conspiracies saying that uh, Kim Jong actually said he's going to send a Christmas present over to the U.S. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're getting this really creepy outbreak, you know, and have they said what the coronavirus has come from? Because I got I got my wires crossed thinking it was part of this African swine fever, but apparently it's not. Yeah, I honestly have no no idea. Okay. Presto, any idea? No clue. Okay. <laughs> Survey says. <laughs> I wish Survey I had says. a soundbite of like the dateline, like da 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 No clue. No clue. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but but it, is, it is truly I scary. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Right. There you go. It's well, I mean, I mean it's, okay. It, it, it's cr- it's just there's so much stuff that happened this past year. And it's continuing mm-hmm. to happen. I mean, Jamaica just got hit with an, a big ass earthquake. Now Puerto Rico is constantly getting fucking slammed. That vol- uh, like didn't like a volcano something happen over in uh, I can't. Oh shit, was it New Zealand? I forget. I can't remember where it was at. And then you have the crazy ass Australian fires. You have our political yeah. climate here in America. You have the Chinese shit. You have. I mean, it's yep. just it's weird, dude. It's so weird yep. because if you look at like. You know, 2012 is going to be the Mayan calendar. Dude, 2020, bro. Barbara Walters is out this bitch. It's going to be crazy. It's going <laughs> to be. Not Baba Walwa. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. It's gonna, I don't know, man. It's just, it's something to think yeah. about. I don't want to. Well, this... I don't want to sound like my father, but like, it's, it's really, <laughs> right. it's really, really just suspect, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, it's. It has been a while since we had a really good Richard Durham tinfoil hat society meeting. Yeah. yeah. Right. On this show. Shit, I get it. Well, every and day. I mean, what's scarier, you know. I don't want to get that? out my ponytail or anything, but I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, God. So I'm going to his house tomorrow, so I'm sure, I'm sure he'll have fucking Something comments about, about this. Yeah. Gross. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we got to mention the drones, too. Everybody's heard about it by now. We've kind of stayed out of it because there hasn't been really anything too definitive that's come out of it. But, I mean, we've got a friend, and I'll, we'll leave his name out of this, but he lives in Colorado. And he said back in the beginning of January, the Saturday after Christmas, I was driving home in that terrible storm and had to take a detour from 70 to 36. It's an hour north of I-70 and runs east to west into Kansas and to Colorado. No exaggeration when I say this may have been the worst weather I've driven through in my life. It was intense. I slowed down to 10 to 20 miles per hour for hours. I didn't pay that much attention or ponder long about it afterwards when I saw something shortly after I crossed into Colorado. It was pretty large and difficult for me to even guess at its scale now, but I would say it looked like a small plane that night. Yet it was flying low, and it had bright lights. I thought, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. This is how alien sightings are made. I slowed down more and looked at it for five to ten seconds. Then I hunkered down and drove for another three hours until I got into Denver. I forgot about it until this whole drone thing happened, and believe now that I possibly saw one of those drones. That's amazing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's somebody we know. But these these six-foot 
eight-foot, you know, wingspan drones are supposedly being seen all across Colorado, and you've got people saying it's enemy drones, it's other countries, you know, it, it brings up that... They've been spotted in, in other other states now. Yeah, it's, it's kind of gone out farther. I mean, there's people saying that it's, it's, the, it's North Korea, it's all these different, you know, uh, enemies of the state, so to speak, that are flying in doing surveillance... You know, and then you hear over in China, fucking drones flying over, dropping tainted pork. It just makes you wonder. And then you've got people in, uh, you know, the uh, the police and stuff like that and, and the military in Colorado saying, oh, no, no, those are ours. We're just running some flight patterns and people are seeing them flying in formation. And then you've got, you know, authoritative sectors saying, oh, no, these are actually anti-drone drones. We're using these to basically police the sky and hunt down these rogue drones that people are using to surveil uh, places they shouldn't be, yeah. you know, surveying. And, and the, it's, the it's military, crazy. You know, of course, denying it. But they did come yeah. out and they, they basically said, like, we're aware of them. We have no idea what mm-hmm. it is. So it's pretty cool right. that they acknowledged it. But like sure. most people, they're like, no, it's just it's some it's a, like a hoax, you know, because they say with the crop circles, it's a hoax, blah blah. Some farmers yeah. made it. Okay, well, let me tell you something. I have a drone. It's a mini DJI Spark. It's like five four ninety nine, six ninety nine, something like that. Five nine. I don't know. Somewhere in that area. It's a weird flex. Yeah, got it. Got it at a. I mean, I'm, there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the thing. Um, the reason why I mentioned the price is because I, and first of all, I didn't pay for that shit. I'm never going to buy something like that for that expensive. Um, <laughs> that you could break yeah, <laughs> the first exactly. time you use it. Uh, so I got it, I got it at a, at a raffle at a Christmas party. Now mine's very tiny and it's more, the reason why it's so tiny and the, and the quality is good. That's why it's expensive. Now you can go to your local hobby shop, Walmart, whatever, and buy a $30 yeah. drone. But even like my buddy Zach has one and his is like a $1,600 drone, 4k camera. You can go up yeah. to like 15, 20 miles with it. It's pretty insane. Even then his battery alone will only last about 30 minutes, 35 minutes. Maybe right, right. depends how fast you're going, you know, wind, all that shit. Um, and it's definitely not six feet. I mean, I'm six foot two. You take my arms out. I mean, that that is so big. Mm-hmm. So you think about, like, the cost of that. These drones are $1,600. I mean, something like that is so insane. And then there's been reports of seeing these things, like, uh, keep flying for, you know, keep going in the same area for hour, for like for, like, an hour. Like, right. The, right. The, t- the technology for the normal average amateur flyer is not like that you know what i'm saying like even if you were a a rich as shit and you had i mean i don't know it's just to me it'd be like something that you would see elon musk have and he's like showing it off like this is the future of drones and it can go this far Mm -hmm. and last this much long you know that that right but you're you're comparing your you know and this is not a put down you're comparing your drone and its battery life and your buddy's drone's battery life to what we think, you know, could be controlling these things. My first real illustration job when I was out of college was for a guy, and unfortunately, he passed away. Oh, it's I one of my this, biggest, yeah. yeah, it's one of my biggest regrets. Uh, I mean, you know, rest in peace. It's not about me, but my biggest regret Dude, is you're that totally I wasn't. Right. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, I wasn't able to continue to go with this guy. But basically, in short, 
we had a conversation and he he worked R&D for the military and he was telling me that any technology you have in your hand right now you can guarantee has been used by the military or whatever you private sector NASA whatever for at least the last 20 years this was right around the time the first iPhone came out and he's like you know all these cell phones these fancy cell phones with the touch screens and you don't have buttons and you don't have to you know pull an antenna he's like this is child's play. We've had these things since the 80s. He said batteries, double A's, triple A's. He's like, you're getting, you're not even getting table scraps compared to what we have. He's like, you're getting the stuff that we finally think that, you know, it's okay to hand off to the babies to play with and not, you know, hurt themselves. That's what you get as civilians. And he said it very respectively. But he's like, here in about six months, you're going to be able to actually go home and watch a TV in your own home that's going to be on par with some of your earliest 3D movie cinemas. And sure enough, you know, we started getting 3D TVs and we started getting 4K TVs and we started getting wrapped screens. He's like, we've got TVs getting ready to come out in the next five or 10 years. The screen is wrapped. He's like, can you imagine a round screen that partially envelops you? It was just nuts. And, you know, the part that I regret is he's like, you know, stick with me. Get this building illustration done for me. And he's like, I'm going to show you some truly incredible stuff. And basically it's one of those movie moments where he's like, stick with me, kid. I'll take care of you. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, he did pass away from a heart attack. And it's just been, man, one of those Poor things guy. where, geez, I, I, out of the selfish part of this, I just want to know, like, I wanted to spend more time with this guy. He was just truly an amazing person. But, yeah, so, I mean, you're, you're – we're. And then you bring me around, and, and my question is, like, so how does that technology work with sex toys? Like, the ones we have now, are they, like, insane? Well, you've seen they've taken dildos <laughs> yeah. on the ends of DeWalt drills, right? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're comparing what we have as civilians to what could be out there. Yeah. You know, solar batteries, blah, blah, this, blah, and blah, that, that. And that's, that's know, basically what I, what I was saying because, like – all these people are like, oh, you know, that's the first thing people want to say. Oh, it's just probably somebody doing a hoax. Like, mm-hmm. to do a hoax that well, I mean, I, you guys have, I don't know if you guys have ever flown yeah. a drone, but it's not like, to to do like the timing, you know, like mm-hmm. when you go to air shows and they have the oh, jets yeah. fly over, you know, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Like that. The Blue Angels. And yeah, it's so, it's just as much science as it is being able to fly. You know, like it's. To me, it's just like people that think that this is a hoax, like it's not. Like it's definitely yeah. something, you know, something weird. Like it's mm-hmm. sure it's unexplainable. So on that, my uh, best friend from high school, he got uh, married um, a couple of years ago. And uh, his brother-in-law uh, is in the military and he went to drone school. So he he's able to fly drones, service drones. And when they had their gender reveal party, so here's a guy who's got two years of flight training on these, and he basically used the drone to drop the powder of whatever the baby was going to be. Anthrax. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. so difficult, he fucking crashed it into the neighbor's (laughs) backyard. Holy shit. Yes. So, and yeah. so the neighbor came to the door covered in whatever color powder was. <laughs> yeah, was surprise! <laughs> surprise! Could you imagine oh. that shit? Like we could do. Like I could imagine going there, like, oh god, here comes here comes fucking drone Billy over here. Like <laughs> this this <laughs> this pretentious asshole. He serves you right. <laughs> like right. just fucking get a cake. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man. Oh, uh, dude, I would never let that dude down ever, ever. <laughs> he'd be like, he'd right? be like, oh, it's fucking Drone Billy over there, like whatever the fuck his name is. Like, no kidding. <laughs> Well, the last thing I wanted to mention is the idea of, you know, I don't know, thinking of this more locally than globally. You think about China and you think about these arch gangs, these these pig farmers dropping infected pork via drones. Look at Colorado and what is one of the major exports of Colorado right now? It is, you know, it's it's marijuana. So what if we're seeing, instead of all this tinfoil hat shit, what if we're seeing, you know, a spy versus spy with these drones? You know, there's already documentaries out there about, you know, the uh, the moonshiners, so to speak, of the pot industry that were doing the, uh, oh, what do you call that? Like the black market of weed. Like they're mm-hmm. growing it. They have the original grow operations. And they've already all said, hey, listen, like they've, they've put us out of business. They're ruining a business that we cornered, you know, years ago. Is it not too far out of the realm of possibility that you could see some of this kind of sabotage? You know, drones are already used as a source of... Um, Oh, what do you call that? Uh, when you when you fly over and drop pesticides, crop dusting. Mm-hmm. You know, you can set drones up to do crop dusting. Why couldn't you set drones up to drop, you know, certain breeds of aphids or different mites on people's, you know, people's pot farms? I just it, it just shows, man, that like money is the root of all evil. Like, who mm-hmm. gives a shit? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. It's yeah. it's it's very scary. That's what I'm saying. When uh, you know, listener Chauncey, he he brought all this to my attention when he was telling me, and and it, unfortunately for him, it all came to him when he was pretty much deathly ill from from the flu. It literally was a fever dream, yeah. but it had a it has a lot of truth yeah. behind it. It's yeah. a lot of it interesting little, points. Yeah, it's crazy. So he he typed up some facts, and you know, and then we we summarized them here for you. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's really weird yeah. to 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 see this conspiracy, weird thought, belief, whatever, have so much weight mm-hmm. to it. Like it's insane. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we've got, we've got tons of other stuff, you know, all the, all the notes Chauncey put together about those drones. We could probably talk another hour just about that. Right. Like there's all sorts of crazy stuff, not crazy stuff, meaning he's crazy, but stuff <laughs> that is just the theory. I don't mean that. Yeah. But the theories that are in there are like, it, it is truly insane. The kinds of things that, you know, yeah. this could be. And or, I mean, you know, he was, scenes, he but... was so bad on that flu. Like, like the stuff he was describing to me, like I couldn't believe it's almost like he came to another plane of existence. Like it's crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's what I said, a fever dream. I've never, I've never been that sick. I've never, yeah. I've never had that happen to where I have yeah. a, and I did, that's dream. what I'm saying. Like, I didn't mean that disrespectively, but literally a fever dream. Like, yeah. Like think know. about that though. Like what if, what if that is like, what if. What if you do when you're that sick and your body's that bad off? Do you hit? Mm-hmm. Do you hit like another? It's kind of like when you do your bath salt um, float tank. My bath salts. Get out <laughs> no, of here. your your float tank. Yeah, <laughs> bath salts. <laughs> when you do your bath salts. Uh, what if that's what I was doing this whole time? <laughs> All right, guys, go to a float tank, and I'm just <laughs> and they're just chomping bath down. Salts. Uh, you know, you do your float chewing tank. Guys' faces you, off. We've kind of talked about that. you know you go to this other. This other thing, I don't know. I'm playing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, another uh, like a mental plane, yeah. another uh, yeah, astral mental state. Yeah, I mean, we could talk hours about that. Yeah, and the idea, yeah, the yeah, oh yeah, dude, yeah, because your brain's cooking at a fever, you know, mm-hmm. and you're you're probably hallucinating, but you're also like there is a, a small amount of clarity in there as well. So, and just so everybody knows, Chauncey's great, and he's very much better now. So. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go too far into personal business, but yeah, right. he's uh, doing much better. Doing yeah. Much better. Yeah, we'll have to comb through those notes again with Chauncey sometime soon, and uh, maybe put together some more facts and talk about that right. more. But I gotta say, as of right now, this tinfoil hat's making my head sweaty. So I we probably wrap it yeah, up. No shit, dude. <laughs> I gotta sit around it yep. tomorrow, so I'm already nervous. About yeah. It. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no doubt, huh? Yeah. Uh, what you should do is just bring a roll of foil, and when you walk in your dad's house, just sit down. And just all right, guys, start just making little hats, <laughs> like hats, and then put and then do one of them fucking um, thing in Better Call Saul when he's like wearing, wearing. Oh god, <laughs> big old. Start lining your pants yeah. and your shirt with it. <laughs> yeah. But your your dad's hat has to cover his ponytail because you don't want his ponytail to go crazy. So yeah. you got to make th- a hat big enough for. Him. I don't know. I'd say it has to have a hole in the back so the ponytail can come out the yeah, back. Yeah, 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 like the ball cap. Like mm-hmm. a little radar receptor, <laughs> like those Guy Fieri um, visors you can buy yeah. that has the hair sticking out the top. My dad used to have a a hat that had a ponytail hanging off it's, the back of it. <laughs> it's funny because like I go over there and like to anybody that doesn't know, uh, I bust my dad's balls all the time, and he's got right now he's got basically his hairdo is like he's balding in the front, so like it's kind of like almost like a mullet, but. It, I, I just call like him like the party's left the front, yeah. But like in but like in the back because like it comes off to the side. So it, I'm always like, Dad, why do you look like White Earp? Because <laughs> he's got a handlebar mustache, Aww. and I'm like, <laughs> and um, and then so when he when it first happened, I was like, I was like, uh, what did I say? I said, so Dad, I I don't really understand. Uh, uh, why do you want to look like George Washington? <laughs> Because he had it in a ponytail, wow. <laughs> his little, fr- yeah, his little yeah. fluff on the top. It's so good. I love it. Poor little guy. He's like a bootleg treasure troll. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, well, Steve, besides treasure trolls, what else do you want to plug, buddy? Cool. Uh, you can check out our Instagram, PXL Paranormal. Check out our Facebook group, Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. And... Uh, you can check out our new podcast called 13 Nightmares. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's officially live on everything for the most part. So, yeah, I got a few stragglers yep. we're waiting to get uploaded into. but Yep, and the first episode is over The Return of the Living Dead. Uh, we go into a deep dive and behind-the-scenes facts, and it's it's great. It's getting a lot of good responses. We're really stoked for it. A uh, new episode coming soon, so check us out. Yeah, I, I noticed uh, we're already getting some ratings on uh, iTunes, and it's only Whoa. been out for you know not even a week, so we really appreciate that. Hell yeah, I gave you guys lot. five stars. Oh, look at you. you didn't Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Grammys. All right, wrap <laughs> yeah, it up. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, cool, also, cool. Uh, real, real quick. I'm our buddy Rob has talked about it. Henderson man's talked about it. Uh, the video game called control. It's extreme. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's into paranormal, uh, and dreams, weird X files, shit, twin peaks. This game is for you. I started it today. It took me a while to like actually just push the a button on the start in it. And I was immediately hooked. It's very unnerving in some in some parts, especially when you play with headphones and like, it's just a badass game. So right. if you like paranormal shit, you need to check out that game. It's bad as fuck. Most definitely. Most definitely. Did you mention, uh, the Instagram for 13 nightmares as well? 13 nightmares. Pod. There you go. Yeah. I'm still, I just got pixelated paranormals memorized. So <laughs> that's all right. I need to baby. get a little, I need to get like a little sheet that just hangs on the wall. 
with all the shit. <laughs> Outro plugs. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we got a lot of stuff uh, planned for that show as well. So cool. All right. Well, check out the rest of the shows on the Pixelated Sausage Network. Check out Pixelated Sausage with Mark. Check out his attack, The Backlog. We've got 13 Nightmares. We've got Pixelated Paranormal. Who knows what else we might roll out. But check it all out. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, being with us on this show. And, you know, give us a rating and a review on iTunes for this show. We'd like a little more there as well. It helps people find us. You know, it's a good thing. And also, if you enjoy what you hear and you want to show us some love, you can throw us some love at the Patreon. Got a little Patreon set up. I believe it's called... Uh, Pixelated Nightmares, I think, is what Mark has a tier mm-hmm. set up. But yeah, if you want to throw a few shillings at us, we'd greatly appreciate that. Doubloons. Helps us keep the old machine going. And Preston, what's my favorite sports car podcast? Sports Cars Unleashed. Where if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> Thought you were going to leave that out this time. <laughs> Great. Cool. And Presto, <laughs> what do you got for us, buddy? I got a doozy. And if you know what this is from, you get five bonus points, okay? (laughs) Well, guys, you may be big and fat or uglier than sin, and all the ladies shut you out. You're wondering how to get in. Well, here's my advice for how to make a splash. You can have your pick of the gals if you only got a mustache. A lust mustache, a big mustache, a Richard DeRome handlebar mustache, (laughs) a bloody bender mustache mustache so for that top notch upper lip hair check out bigdomsbeardbomb.com and use promo code pxlpara for 20 percent off of your order and get your wild west on with scents like sweet tobacco and classic <laughs> or for a modern day take jazz that shit up with bay rum dundee cedar mint and citrus bombs oils and more did you write that out that's from uh, what is it? A million ways to die in the wild west oh. is the mustache song. Oh shit! Okay, I was like, <laughs> did you write- big mustache, a lust mustache, a yeah. Richard Rome mustache, your mustache, oh, wow. my mustache? <laughs> I skipped that uh, that movie actually because they shared everything in the trailer. I know. Well, luckily for me, I didn't watch many trailers, so when there was that one part oh. in the barn, I fucking flipped uh-huh. out. But yeah, that part they showed in the trailer. Yeah, I just that's crazy. Said, you know what? I'm not watching this fucking that's, movie. Fuck that's that. Wild West. <laughs> Damn, it's all synchronicity. That's Wild that's Wild the... West fucking fuck up right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Preston brought it all the way around. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I like how oh, he's yeah. like he's like, if you want to be like you're in the Wild West, sweet tobacco. <laughs> 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 it totally uh, well, is. Well, guys, also speaking True. of sensual smells, check out our friends over at gunslingersoap.com. Also, check out our great friends over at CD Trade Post. If you're in the Wichita area, CD Trade Post down on Pawnee and Seneca. Stop in, say hi to Leslie and the gang. Uh, we got a lot of fun stuff planned for 13 Nightmares. And, you know, then we've got a lot of on-location episodes planned as well. And then if you're in the design business, if you want to get some great prints made of your illustrations, your design work, or just some flyers for a garage sale perchance, please Please go check out our friends over at Fast Print down on Rock Road and Harry. Harry Rock. I think that just about does it, right, boys? Yep. Yes, sir. We All right. Well, let's not waste any more time. Let's get out of here. Happy birthday, Kansas. And cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. 
The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.